0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Ox Show. Today is Friday, February 18th, 2022. Let's run down what we are going to be talking about on today's slate. First, the NFL. We are recapping last Sunday's Super Bowl. It seemed like forever ago, but we haven't had a show since the ending of the Super Bowl, so we're going to talk about that from there. The National Basketball Association. It's All-Star Weekend. I just finished watching the Rising Stars game. I'll talk about that. We'll talk about my Bulls. And how they've done the last week and a half leading up to this break and a key free agent signing on the buyout market was done by the Bulls this past week. From there, college basketball, some upsetting Michigan State talk, an updated top 25 and it's right around the corner March Madness. So we're going to look at a projected bracket for the big tournament going down in less than a month. College baseball, we're just going to briefly briefly gloss over it. D1 baseball started today, so we're going to talk about that. A lot of SEC action. From there, Blackhawks talk, talking about trade deadline pieces. And lastly, some very disappointing news from the MLB blockout. All of this and more on this episode of The Ox Show, which starts right now. Let's jump straight into it. Super Bowl 56 was this past Sunday, and let's just say right away it was a much better game than Super Bowl 55 of last year between the Bucks and the Chiefs. Rams, Bengals, from SoFi, 23-20. The Rams are your Super Bowl champions. Going to give it up for the LA Rams. You know, congratulations, all that stuff. Obviously, I was pulling for the Bengals. In the last four years, I am 1-3 in three in Super Bowl picks, so I guess don't ride with me if you're trying to make a Super Bowl prediction. Will date back four years the last one so this would that would have been 2019 february of 2019 rams patriots i didn't really like either team but i just picked the rams to see something new they lost 2020 chiefs niners this is where i got the one right in the last four years i took the chiefs last year i obviously took the chiefs over the bucks and then this year i took the Bengals. now the Bengals um Cinderella season comes to an end but man they played a good game for how terrible that offensive line was I mean Von Miller Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd that entire front seven for the Rams absolutely feasted but Joe Burrow in the Bengals Joe Burrow sorry Joe Burrow in the passing game still able to thrive despite that O-line collapsing uh he played it was released after Joe Burrow played through a spray in MCL So that was just absolutely miserable. Let's go through the scoring plays. Odell Beckham, we start out with a 17-yard touchdown reception from Stafford. Um, McPherson kicked the 29-yard field goal. That was the first quarter. Second quarter, Cooper Cup gets his touchdown, 11 yards from Stafford. And then a clutch, really cool trick play. Joe Mixon, 6-yard touchdown pass to T. Higgins. First half, 13-10. I do want to say an absolute banger of a halftime show. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, 50-cent. Kind of looks more like a dollar now. Uh, Mary J. Blige and m and just fantastic uh probably the best halftime show i've ever watched since bruno mars which seems like it was forever ago so that tells you at least in my perspective how terrible the halftime shows normally are normally i actually use the halftime shows as a literal break i normally do anything else but sit in front of the tv this year i want to sit in front of the tv and watch it i'm very happy that i did um third quarter first play of third quarter start out hot a 75 yard touchdown pass from burrow to higgins uh, then Matt Stafford threw a pick on the very first play of the next drive for the Rams and the Bengals were unable to get a touchdown on that drive, but they were still able to get points a McPherson 38 yard field goal. Matt Gay knocked down a 41 yard field goal at the end of the third, 2016 heading into the fourth. And then with 125 left in the fourth, the famous uh, Stafford to cup touchdown, 23 20 Joe Burrow getting um, taken down by Aaron Donald on the final play through an incomplete pass at the ankles of Samajay Pirine turnover on downs. Rams win the Super Bowl. Now I really wish, there was better angles of that play to see if Samaj P. Ryan could have dove and caught that football. I think my question for the Bengals down the stretch, there were four plays in the game where it was third or fourth in a yard or less. And the running back that lined up in the backfield for all four of those plays was Samaj P. Ryan. Now, no offense to Samaj P. Ryan, solid RB two, but why is your playmaking superstar running back Joe Mixon not in the game there? I think that's my question that I have to address. Um, but yeah, the Bengals' O-line just didn't hold up. It uh, was kind of impressive how their defense performed. They they forced Stafford to throw two interceptions. Uh, we saw Jesse Bates with an, an absolutely outstanding pick at the end of the first half in the end zone. And we saw Wuzier have the pick on that first play of the drive after the 75-yard T. Higgins touchdown. I, I mean, the Rams, good O-line and just a good offense. So the way this defense, 23 points is pretty solid. And for the Bengals scoring 20, is not terrible against an elite Rams defensive front. If that O-line just would have been somewhat average, I think the Bengals win the Super Bowl, which is super upsetting. A um, lot to like for this Bengals team in the future, and people are like, oh, they'll be back. I, I, yes, they'll be back in terms of being a good team, but you have to realize that it, it's hard to get to the Super Bowl. It's hard to win the Super Bowl. You know, the, the Rams, you know, they they burned all their picks and trades for Von Miller, Matt Stafford, etc. They went all in and they got it. You look at the, the AFC now, yeah, it was Joe Burrow's second year, a lot of young talent, congrats, you made it. You have a, this upcoming offseason, you have draft capital, in a lot of money to retain to both retain Jesse Bates with the capital of money, and then the remaining money, go get yourself better blockers with Jonah Williams on the O line and that back end first round pick. Cincinnati better be using it on some, the best offensive lineman on the board, and they will do all those things. I hope. But you gotta look at the AFC, man. Patrick Mahomes isn't going away anytime soon. The Bills are going to get to the Super Bowl in the next few seasons. It's bound to happen. Who knows what the Patriots are brewing with Bill and, and Mac Jones? You know, those are three teams right there. I think the Bengals, uh, look at the Steelers are going to take a a tone back. I don't know what the Browns are going to be next year. And honestly, I don't know what the Ravens are going to be either. I know the Ravens have more of a shot of contending in that division than the Browns, just based on perceptions, in my opinion. I don't know what the Dolphins are going to look like now with Mike McDaniels running the show out in the East in the AFC South. I've never been a firm believer in the Titans and the other, the Colts. I have no idea because Carson Wentz is your quarterback. So I think you look at the main the main contenders, my four teams out in that AFC are obviously the Bengals because they just went to the Super Bowl, but the Patriots because you never know what Mac and, and Bill are going to do. And the, my two powerhouses in that conference are, I mean, Pat, like I said, Patrick Mahomes not going away anytime soon, so there's him and Josh Allen. So those are your four teams, Bills, Patriots, Bengals, and Chiefs. Now you look at the NFC side, yeah, the Rams, the tough thing with the Rams, man, you're losing a lot of guys. Andrew Whitworth is going to retire. Odell Beckham tore his ACL, which feels so terrible about prayers up to Odell, hopefully for a speedy recovery. It is the same knee that he tore back in October of 2020 with the Browns, so that's very tough. Assuming he won't come back because Robert Woods is coming back from his injury, and you already have him, Woods, Cup. I really like Van Jefferson a lot. I really do. And I do believe they have Tutu Atwell on their on their roster. So let Van Jefferson and Robert Woods kind of try to accumulate as wide receiver two slash three on that team. You don't need Odell necessarily. And plus that injury, we don't know. Von Miller's a free agent. You're losing Whitworth to retirement. There's a lot of names, you know. And Aaron Donald, I, I think he's going to come back. But he had it was rumored to Rodney Harrison. He told him the 30 year old D tackle, the the potential Hall of Famer, that oh, if we win the Super Bowl, I'll heavily consider retirement. Well, that's a bombshell of news, you know? So you look at that, and just all things considered. I will say, I obviously wanted the Bengals to win. Congrats to Matt Stafford. Um, He had to suffer through Detroit for 12, 13 years, and his first year out, he wins the Super Bowl, so good for him. And I pretty much, from a statistical standpoint, I think this secures himself a spot in the Hall of Fame, or it almost does. He's on the doorstep now at Super Bowl ring. And that's a big factor when determining other other things considered. Him and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of Super Bowl rings now, which is hilarious. But just good for him. Good for Andrew Whitworth. um, he, The guy who's done everything in his career. Walter Payton, man of the year. Just an, an outstanding human being. He deserves it very much so. I, I, obviously, not just a, I mean, it's whatever. But there's certain guys on the Rams I'm happy for. I'm happy for Sean McVay. He's a great coach. I don't think I'd want him to coach my team. Kind of seems a little arrogant for my liking. Yeah, he's a genius, but I I want a good person, to running my team. But, hey, you know what? Good for him, the kid genius. Now we don't have to ask the question, can he win the big one? Because, yes, he can. So, good for the Rams. Super Bowl champions. Um, looking at the NFC going forward now next season. And we're going to... The NFL draft is at the end of April, so we have time to talk mock drafts and stuff. I really want to dive into that in this show. Not in this show, just in over the course of the next couple months. You know, the NFC, the Cowboys are going to be coming. You know, they... They have a very, very talented roster, and I hope they learn from their mistakes this year. Uh, NFC North, I, it kind of depends on what Rodgers does. To be honest, if Rodgers doesn't come back, I think that I think our division's a wash. No offense to the Bears, I think the division's a wash next season. Then you look at the South; that division's a wash too. Bucks are, I mean, no Brady. Who knows what the Bucks are going to do a quarterback? The Saints are kind of lost to quarterback as well. I mean, Jameis is fine, but he's a free agent. You don't, you don't totally know if he's coming back. You know, you've heard Steelers rumors. Panthers are no and the Falcons are a no. Then you look out west. Seahawks, we don't really know. This this um conference might be controlled by the NFC West. We saw an NFC West NFC Championship. Niners and, and Rams. Right? Cardinals, but I don't know. There's turmoil turmoil with uh with Kyler Murray, so I don't really know if the Cardinals are it. Right. So I literally think my three teams in the NFC just off the top of my head right now, are the two teams in the NFC Championship game. To I mean, I don't even care with Trey Lance. I think that whole team's just good enough. So, yes, Niners, Rams, and, and Cowboys, believe it or not, I'm saying that. Just because of all the uncertainties. I don't... The Eagles, Giants, and uh, Commanders in the, in the East are all no's for me. We're talking legit Super Bowl shots here, people. The NFC North, there's uncertainty with Aaron, so I can't guarantee the Packers. I don't like the Vikings. As a Bears fan, yes, obviously I want them to do the best they can, but realistically, we're not Super Bowl contenders next year. And Detroit is obviously no. NFC South, with unknown quarterback situations in Tampa and New Orleans, I have to write them off, and the Panthers and the Falcons are a joke. Seattle, who knows what the rest of that roster is going to look like, so that's just a write-off for now. And then, I guess, if Kyler comes back to the Cardinals and all as well, maybe you include them as a fourth, fifth team, but my strong three right now are Niners, Rams, Cowboys. Not in any particular order. That's just off the cuff, and that's pretty crazy to me. So congrats to the Rams, Super Bowl champions, 56. It was a great football season from the very first Thursday night game of the Bucks and Cowboys to this game. Uh, it was a great football season. I think we clap it up for football. Thank you, football. Just a fantastic season, and I cannot wait for next year. Football, I'm loving football more and more every year of my life. So another great NFL season in the books. To the National Basketball Association, uh, let's talk bulls leading into this all-star break we last met on this show uh yeah wow this was it's been a while since we've uh we've met a lot of bulls games have gone down we're currently at the all-star break we saw um team Barry it was just a fun for the rising stars you know it was it was a cool setup for the rising stars uh game and I really February 2nd wow yeah it's been 16 days. Um, the all-star game set up real quick for the rising stars. There were four teams of, I think seven guys there were, th- and then each team. So six guys from each, there's seven guys in each team, six, six of the seven guys were NBA rookies or sophomores. And the seventh player from each team was an NBA G league ignite, which is like a new program. So instead of players going to college, they can go to this route for a year and then get drafted. Uh, there were the Jaden Hardy, uh, just guys like that, that were in it. It was cool. Uh, Dyson Dyson Daniels I think was one of them and I will say just some comments from the teams um there were three Detroit Pistons throughout this and oh and there were the celebrity captains Gary Payton uh Rick Barry whose team won Isaiah Thomas and I'm missing one and I don't know why I can't think of it right now but it'll come back to me and I'll get it but yeah there was um, legendary captains there were three Detroit Pistons throughout of, out of the 24 so an eighth of the players for pistons Cade cunningham obviously sadiq bay and isaiah stewart a uh, sadiq bay very underrated player in my opinion he looked outstanding and i mean i know it's not legit um like player anything but i mean still i just I, it, watching these um these games like kind of reminds you oh yeah this um oh worthy james worthy was the other guy um just reminds you of who, who's doing what and all that stuff. Uh, Marjon Beauchamp was another G League player. Uh, there was Jaden Hardy. And then Scoot Henderson and Dyson Daniels. So, first game was uh, Worthy. I'll just run through like guys on each team one, I think. Uh, Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs were both on Team Worthy. Both Magic backcourt guys. That's great for their future. Josh Giddy from the Thunders there. Jalen Green's a star. Uh, Herbert Jones from the Pelicans, cool to see him in there. Bo Champ, the G League Ignite guy, and Tyrese Maxey, who I really like for a contending Sixers squad. Uh, Team Isaiah had Precious Achua from the Raptors, who I like very much so. I think he's on the Raptors, yeah. Um, Desmond Bain, who's having a great sophomore season uh, sniper from the Grizzlies. Sadiq Bey, who I talked about, Anthony Edwards, former number one overall pick, who I really like. Tyrese Halliburton, who just got traded. Um, Jaden Hardy, the G League Ignite, and Isaiah Stewart. Then we, then we look at Team Payton and Team Barry, who ended up winning it. LaMelo Ball, who's obviously an all-star. Scotty Barnes, who I really like. Iyo Desumu. Got yeah, sound like the PA announcer for the Bulls, Tim Sinclair. Um, from our Chicago Bulls, Scoot Henderson was the G League Ignite player. Bones Highland from the, the Nuggets, a very underrated guard in this draft class. Jonathan Kuminga, uh, power forward from the Warriors. I really like his game, and when he played the Bulls, very much impressed me. And Jaden McDaniels from the Timberwolves. It's good to see the Timberwolves having a couple guys in here, too, with Cat. Then Team Barry, Dyson Daniels was their G League guy. Cade Cunningham's a stud. They had two Cavs guys, Evan Mobley and Isaiah Okoro. I think in terms of everyone knew the Bulls were going to kind of be near the playoff picture. but I didn't think they were going to be this good at All-Star break. But I think in terms of a team that is even in a playoff conversation that nobody thought would be. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're hosting this All-Star weekend, which, with all due respect to the city of Cleveland, I don't know why they're having the All-Star game in Cleveland. A uh, very boring city. Um, but Evan Mobley and Isaiah Coro from the Cavs were both on this team. Uh Pernan Sangoon from the Houston Rockets, Jay Sean Tate from the Houston Rockets, and Franz Wagner from the Magic. So three Magic players were in this, too. Franz Wagner... um, very impressive as well. Uh, I've, so I've watched both game times the Bulls have played the Magic in, in the past couple months and, and I like his game a lot as well. So it was just cool to see just the, the future. The future of this game is in very good hands in the NBA and and just watching that. I did see um apparently IO had some discomfort in his right thumb after trying to block a shot and hitting the backboard, which irritates me because it's like IO, bro. We're trying to make a playoff. We're trying to make a a title run here. Can't be messing around in the the Rising Stars game. But it was still fun to watch and and all that good stuff. So good for those guys. Um, Since the second, so we we got a lot of games to cover. And I watched most of these so we can talk. Um, Friday the 4th, which was two weeks ago. Bulls, Pacers, 122, 115. Uh, Iowa's clutch down the stretch in this game was very happy with that. Vooch also played great. This is when the Pacers were short-handed in terms of size. Vooch put up 36 points and 17 rebounds—beast stats. Um, that weekend was the Suns Sixers or Sixers Suns doubleheader. We lost both um, tough games. We don't play good teams well when we're short-handed, and that's a problem. And ever since then, dude, we've we've hit a big winning streak, beating the Hornets, T Wolves, Thunder, Spurs, and Kings five in a row. Uh, last Wednesday, took down the Hornets. Uh, last Friday, big win over the T Wolves. Eakin win over the Thunder Spurs Kings this past Wednesday, this past Wednesday, the Kings was a fun one, man. Just seeing some of these guys in action. DeRozan's been an absolute beast. It's finally the national media is finally recognizing him as an MVP candidate. Just last week, ESPN had him seventh as an MVP candidate, which is embarrassing. But then Chuck Charles Barkley, this past week on TNT was, yeah, he's number two, right behind Joel Embiid, which is totally understandable. Joel Embiid's a beast and is having a great season. I'm not, I'm yeah, I think, I mean, In a biased perspective, yes, DeMarsh will win the MVP, but I just want him to get more recognition on a national scale. It's like, oh, he's a top three guy in the MVP race, which I think he is. Uh, He had 38 against the Kings on Wednesday. Uh, Javante Green's been playing great ball. He's averaging 16 points in this winning streak. Vooch had 21 and 10. Kobe had 31 on his birthday, shooting 11 of 19 from the field. Kobe White has really stepped up in these last two weeks, and he's becoming, he is this team's best three-point shooter, and he's starting to get consistency with his three-point shot, which is everything right now um io had a rough day from the field four of 11 still managed to score 12 points six rebounds six assists he's this facilitator right now and i'm so excited for when lonzo and caruso come back obviously lonzo is going to come back and start having this energy from io off the bench in both a scoring way and just a guy who can facilitate move the ball super exciting um and the bench didn't really do anything after that Here's the thing: When we get Patrick Williams back, Caruso, Lonzo, you know, we're gonna start shaping out more of, of a role for guys. And I guess I'll throw this in here: The Bulls added Tristan Thompson off the buyout market. It's not official yet, so that's why you have like, there's n- nothing's been broken, but he basically is clearing waivers in the next few hours here, and he will be signing a contract with the Bulls for the rest of the season, which is huge. No more Tony Bradley minutes, which I love. He's the worst player on this team, in my honest opinion. Now, who's gonna probably get waived in this cycle? Uh, they put it down to three guys: Tony Bradley, Matt Thomas, and Alfonso McKinney. It won't be Matt Thomas because you think it's going to be a position for position thing. You know, we're we're down a couple guards right now. Alonzo Caruso. So even though Thomas is it, it, he's been struggling, it's just the fact of having a guard on the roster. So I think Thomas is safe. So that's Tony Bradley versus Alfonso McKinney. Alfonso McKinney's already at the end of the bench. So I think at this point, even though Tony Bradley has been brutal to watch. Just having a third string center on the roster is probably more valuable than having a fourth or fifth wing. So Alfonso McKinney is probably gonna be the odd man out in this situation. But when, when you know when we're back at full strength, then we're looking starting lineup Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Javante Green, slash Patrick Williams. I don't know which guy's gonna start in that spot. Whoever doesn't will obviously be on the bench. And then Vooch, which is huge. And then we look at who's on the bench: Kobe White, Iodesumu. Um, Derek Jones Jr., Javate slash Patrick Williams, whichever one's not starting. Tristan Thompson will be there. Um, honestly, Troy Brown Jr., even though he's not scoring as much, he's doing more, he's having more of a role off the bench. He's playing better defense. He's getting more rebounds. You know, it's all of these things for these guys. Alex Caruso will come back. He's a bench guy. You know, it, it, people are talking about these injuries. Yes, it's still a huge thing. I would like to see the Bulls be, have, make one more move on the buyout market. Uh, particularly... I mean, my dream world would be make two moves. I'm hoping they they wave McKinney here for Thompson. So we still have Tony Bradley and Matt Thomas on the roster. My ideal dream is that we pick up another big man, like a Derek Favors type, and wave Tony Bradley. And then we pick up a guard, like an Eric Bledsoe or a Goran Dragic. Hopefully the, the guard would be sooner rather than later because we're missing Lonzo and Crusoe still. And then wave Matt Thomas in that process. And that way, when everyone's fully healthy, the guys sitting at the end of the bench are guys... You know like a Goran Drogic you know where the team is just overall deeper which would be nice I know there's a lot of competition for Drogic right now the Bucks are making a very heavy pursuit the Bulls are right in it though competition wise Eric Bledsoe I'm not sure if he's gonna get bought up but it would be a very sneaky pickup for the Bulls I like Eric Bledsoe as like a fifth guard on this team when everyone's fully healthy you know it would be Kobe, Io, Caruso, Lonzo, Bledsoe slots in as that fifth guard in the backcourt I'm very much a fan of that on this roster so good five game winning streak to end the uh, first half heading in the all-star break the all-star game is on sunday uh zach has been concerning everyone he has not played over these past few games having swelling and clicking in his left knee which is not good um we did get some good news though i'm still not sure if he's playing sunday he said he was on tuesday that he was gonna be cleared within 48 hours for basketball activity he was at the rising stars challenge tonight with damar watching IHO play which is huge just awesome to see him there in general. Honestly, in my opinion, I know the after the All-Star break, the stretch of games coming up is very complicated. We're in the playoffs, guys. Let's let's look at it this way. Zach needs to be 100% healthy for the stretch run heading into the playoffs. I don't care about these games now for him. Obviously, I want this team to win these games. But I, just, I care about his health, long-term health more. I want him to be able to be playing in game two of the semifinals instead of, oh, his knees are all of a sudden acting up again. He can't go. Well, that's a playoff game. We need him to go you know, so there's that, we'll see if he plays Sunday, but the game's coming up down the stretch, so Thursday the 24th, next Thursday, back home against the Hawks, even though they're 28 and 30, they got Trey Young, they got him at, at, full, at full health, they're not a squad to to take too lightly, but then it gets really hard, Saturday the 26th, hosting Memphis, then we travel to Miami on the 28th, take on the Heat, then the Hawks again, then we come home to host the Bucks, Sixers, that's a rough six games. That's a very, very rough stretch of six games. From there, Wednesday the 9th, it's Detroit, a little lighter. Cavs, they're a good team. We can definitely beat them, but they're a good team. Cannot be taken lightly. The Kings, once again, they're, they're not that great, but will play us hard. The Jazz are a very good team at full strength. And then we head to Phoenix on the 18th, a month from today. I'm telling you right now, if we don't show up with our a game, we're not even going to come close to them, especially in their building. They're a very good team. I'm happy they're not in our conference. The only way we see them is if we see them in the finals. And honestly, at that point, I would be so happy just to be in the finals. So, yes, I would would love to see Phoenix in the finals if it took us getting to the finals to see them. So this next month's going to be a little tough. There's some games in there like Detroit and Sacramento, but that's like only two games. Other than that, it's mostly against contenders if, if I have to look that back. Atlanta. There's three there. The next six are against teams who are could are either in the playoffs or like Atlanta. They're on the brink. Pistons are not going to make the playoffs. Cavs are going to make the playoffs. Kings are not. or They're playing for the playing tournament, but I don't think they are at this point. And then, yeah, Jazz, Suns. The next month, it's it's all playoff teams. It's going to be a big month coming up here for the Bulls. I guess if we look at the 24th when it starts, um, yeah, it, it's not even better. The Raptors, who are seven games over 500, a very solid team. The Bucks again. And then the Pelicans who are out. So it's it's 90% playoff teams in this next month from February 24th to March 24th. It's crunch time. Guys got to be ready to go. We're going to be getting guys back from injury. Hopefully Derek Jones's finger it continues to heal. All things considered, I'm ready to ride. It's going to be a fun stretch here. The regular season, hoping we the playoff tournament starts April 12th. Hoping we don't make that the regular quarterfinals start April 16th. It's going to be a fun next few months for Bulls Nation. We just got to lock in and see red. It was a fun NBA uh, talk sesh. Uh, Let's talk Michigan state in college basketball. Um, Not a lot of great stuff to talk about here. Um, The last show we were just coming off a victory at Rutgers, which or at Maryland, which seems so long ago heading to Rutgers on the fifth, which was two weeks ago, getting blown out was embarrassing. Losing to Wisconsin, two game losing streak last Saturday, big win against Indiana. That was huge in our house. And then that tough, tough road loss to a 10, now 10-12 and 12 Penn State Nittany Lions squad. I don't know where to start with that. I mean, just completely embarrassing and yeah, just not good. Hoping to rebound tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central. Hosting Illinois, 12th in the country, both at the same record. That'll be a rough one. And then Tuesday, it's in Iowa, taking on the unranked 17-8 and eight Hawkeyes. And then next Saturday, the 26th, hosting the fifth-ranked Purdue Boilermakers. I don't even know if Michigan State's going to be ranked after this week with all these losses. Rough stretch coming up. We have six games left in the regular season. The Illini tomorrow at home. The Hawkeyes next Tuesday. this upcoming Tuesday on the road. Next Saturday, hosting the Boilers. And then three games in March. March 1st in the big in Ann Arbor. Um, th- Thursday, March 3rd. We're traveling to Ohio State, and then the last game, Sunday the sixth, we are hosting Maryland. Then it'll be Big Ten tourney time, then March Madness, which I'm so excited for. We'll obviously talk brackets when it all hits out. Um, I think one comment I'll make too, I mean, just super disappointing. And there's not much we can talk about. Max Christie's underperforming, Marcus Bingham hasn't been playing great. Um I'm impressed with Malik Hall's play. We just need to get more consistency out of the guards in the backcourt. I think that's just how it is. Um Six regular season games left, Big Ten tournament. I will say from the Big Ten perspective, a team to really look out for. They've won four consecutive ranked matchups. It's the Rutgers-Scarlet Knights, Ron Harper Jr. leading the way. That team, is they're not to mess with. They're a bubble team right now to make the tournament, I think. Let's check out this bracket that I have pulled up. Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. If they're not in here, man, they really should be considered. They are playing great basketball right now. When it matters the absolute most, they are not in here. But I'm telling you, they are a real threat. They're a sneaky team in this Big Ten tournament. Do not overlook the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, top twenty five currently, it's obviously gonna change it's subject to change, and it will change because it's a Friday. It'll change next Monday. But currently for the week we're in, um we have uh, bama 25 uconn 24 arkansas 23 big win for uh, eric musselman's group this past i think it was this past week if not the week before taking down the number one team in the country the auburn tigers uh, wyoming at 22 shout out uh, small d1 at 21 and 3 another small d1 the murray state squad at 24 and 2 at 21 uh texas at 20 michigan state 19 ohio state 18 usc 17 tennessee 16 big win over kentucky this past week Wisconsin 15, Houston 14, UCLA 13, the Alina are 12, Texas Tech 11, Villanova at 10. And then we head into the top nine Duke at nine, Providence, the Friars at 21 and 2 at eight. That is awesome to see. Providence has a year every five years where it's like, man, they're a top 10, top 15 team in the country. And here they are this year. Uh, Baylor, the defending national champs, seventh in the country at 21 and four, Kansas at six, Purdue five, Kentucky. Despite this this uh, rough loss that they just uh, suffered at Tennessee, they're a real good-looking squad. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats are at three at 22 and two. Auburn's at two at 23 and two, led by Jabari Smith and Drew Timmy. And Chet Holgram's Gonzaga Bulldogs hold the top spot at 21 and two. Now let's look at this bracket. This is March Madness bracket predictions according to Andy Katz of NCAA.com and CBS current one seeds gonzaga kentucky auburn arizona the top four teams in the country i could not agree with this more who do i who's let's rank the one seeds in my honest opinion from what i've watched this season uh i got arizona as the top one seed i think they're the best uh followed by auburn then kentucky then gonzaga i know gonzaga is the number one team in the country man but they're just weird with their games i mean this is just how i've seen it this year I like Arizona as the top one seed, followed by Auburn, then Kentucky, then Gonzaga. It could be flipped in any way. They're all one seeds for a reason. I know Gonzaga plays dominating ball, but you've got to look at it too, dude. They're they're in a conference where it's, yeah, St. Mary's is the twenty. They were 22nd ranked last week in their conference. They still beat them by 14, you know, or 16, sorry they're just not in a competitive conference so it's it's like one of those things you know it, how do you know they're going to be ready when the when the bell rings when it gets to crunch time and i don't know they, they've lost the big games they've lost to duke this year and i just don't know how they're gonna how it's gonna be so their projected matchups would be gonzaga versus unc wilmington kentucky against longwood or norfolk uh auburn against texas southern new orleans and arizona's got good old colgate uh let's go to our two seeds Duke, Purdue, Kansas, Baylor. Let me rank these. Um, Purdue's the top uh, two seed here watching them play. I mean, yeah, every team's going to lose tough games. You can't go, oh, they, they lost to so-and-so. They lost to so-and-so. I'm just going it based on how I see it. Purdue, followed by Duke, then Kansas, then Baylor. Baylor's not the same team as they were last year. 21-4, the lowest ranked team out of all four of these. Actually, sorry, Duke is. But I like this Duke team. I've watched some of their some of their games, and they look very, very solid. And then I liked Kansas until I saw them get blown out in their own building by Kentucky. So that's how I got them ranked. Their matchups would be Duke against Long Beach State, Purdue and Yale, that's a classic, Kansas, Cleveland State, and Baylor, Montana State. This is just a projection. This is not the actual bracket. I'm just talking through what I see. Uh, Three seeds, Texas Tech, Providence, love to see them there. Illinois and Wisconsin, two big 10 teams in here. Yikes. Um, Honestly, the top uh, three seed in this is Providence. I watched them play a couple weeks ago, and, and oh my God. They're just a very solid fundamental team. I'll f- uh, I have not watched much of Texas Tech, so I can't really comment on that, but I'll rank the, the the two Big Ten teams. As much as I hate to say it, I'll put Illinois over Wisconsin. They've just played more consistent ball as of late. Their matchups would be Texas Tech against Seattle, Providence, Liberty, Illinois, Wagner, and Wisconsin against Texas State. The four seeds, Ohio State, UCLA, Villanova, Tennessee. Uh, ranking these, uh, Villanova 1. Yeah, we'll do Villanova 1. Because I know what I'm getting out of them, honestly, at a more at a more consistent level. Uh, follow that by Tennessee, just recency bias, a great road win against Kentucky, then UCLA, then Ohio State. Ohio State's way too streaky for this. They, they, I mean, they got bounced in the first round last year, and they just lose games they shouldn't lose. Um, Ohio State would play Vermont, and Vermont's a wagon. I follow Jake part pardon my take on Twitter, and, and they're a very good team. Don't sleep on that matchup. UCLA, South Dakota State, Villanova, Iona, Tennessee, Toledo. Once again, I'll say this again for anyone. This is not the bracket. I just want to keep repeating that. Five seeds, Bama, Houston, Michigan State, Texas. Ranking these, Texas 1. I'll go Houston 2, Michigan State 3, Alabama 4. Bama, they're just so weird to me. Michigan State, they frustrate me very much, and I don't think, in all honesty, from an unbiased perspective, not a very good team. Houston I haven't watched much of them I wouldn't know. Uh Bama would play North Texas, which North Texas they beat Purdue in the first round last year just going to say. That's a very upsettable matchup right there if that happens. Houston SMU, Michigan State, Chattanooga, Texas against Memphis or Oregon. Uh the 6 seeds here, Southern Cal, LSU, Xavier, Yukon. Xavier and Yukon very good out of the Big East. Southern Cal is a weird team as well. Can't really get a read on them and I don't know much about LSU. Seven seeds, Marquette, Wyoming, Arkansas, Iowa. I like Arkansas a lot. They're playing real good basketball in the last month. Marquette's, um, they've been all right this year. They've fallen out of the rankings. But they're the top team receiving votes and other perspectives. Wyoming has been a very good team this year, 21-3. and three. They're currently the 22nd ranked team in the nation. Iowa's unranked, but once again, Big Ten teams in tournament, they're either hit or miss in all honesty. Uh, Eight seeds, the eight nines here. Uh, Colorado State at eight. They've been a fun story to watch from a mid-major D1 this uh, season. Seton Hall of the Big East, Boise State, and once again, St. Mary's, the only other team in Gonzaga's conference that would be in here. So, and these will be some fun matchups. Colorado State, Davidson, Seton Hall, Notre Dame, Boise State, Miami, St. Mary's, Indiana. So we're seeing a lot of power fives make their appearances as nine seeds. Notre Dame of the ACC, Miami of the ACC, Indiana of the Big Ten. So, pretty fun. I'm just excited. I like looking at these rankings. Once again, you're probably thinking, "Dude, you don't know anything." I I probably don't, and you're probably right. I usually, I'm bad with college hoops. I know the prospects. I know I know the top prospects, but it's just so much going on, and especially because the Bulls have been so good this year, it's been hard to keep track of it all from a an entire NCAA perspective. I followed Michigan State very closely in the Big Ten. I got a real good grip on. But trust me, in these next couple weeks, I'll be doing my research um, just know, based on knowing players and stuff. And, and trust me, the analysis will get better. This is just based on kind of what I know from a very casual college basketball fan up to this point in the season. Uh, so from college basketball to college baseball, I want to give college baseball a shout Does never gets the recognition it deserves. We had college baseball today, the very first, first pitch, the D1 season. Uh, some notables from the top teams, um, Oklahoma-Auburn, Couple unranked but power five matchups in the State Farm College Baseball Showdown. Oklahoma won that. Um, Oregon State beat the brakes off New Mexico, twenty one one. Georgia over Albany. Uh, NC State beat Evansville, twenty four to six. Um, kind of an upset here. The twenty fourth ranked team, Long Beach State Dirtbags, taking down number four Mississippi State in Starksville, three uh, nothing. The Arizona Wildcats, fifteenth in the nation, taking down the sixth ranked can or not sixth ranked. Uh, Just unranked Kansas State, 8-6. An upset, Bryant beat East Carolina pretty bad. The 12th-ranked East Carolina Pirates, uh, 10-2. 19th-ranked Tennessee, 9-0 over Georgia Southern. Any other like upsets? Oh, big one. Shout out the Redbirds of Illinois State. Unranked Illinois State from the Missouri Valley taking down the number two powerhouse Arkansas Razorbacks. Pretty exciting stuff there um 22nd ranked Duke loses to VMI I don't even know what VMI is 10 to 10 to 5 um Ole Miss go Rebs shout out the Rebs uh the team of the nation taking down Charleston Southern 9-3 Stanford sixth ranked Stanford over Cal State Fullerton 1-0 it's a classic West Coast California showdown um I actually had this game on for a little bit today uh third ranked Vanderbilt against seventh ranked Oklahoma State 3-0 the Vandy pitching staff did a fantastic job today uh, 11th ranked Florida State over James Madison, 4-1. Other than that, really no other upsets. Uh, the number one ranked team in the nation, Texas, taken out in Rice, 7-0. Uh, just looking at the rankings, though, uh, give my thoughts on it. Uh, Miami at 25, Long Beach State 24, big win for them today. Duke at 23, Dallas Baptist. Shout out Dallas Baptist, made a good run last year in the Super Regionals. They're at 22, Georgia Tech at 21, UC Irvine 20, Tennessee 19, Oregon State 18, TCU 17, Georgia 16. Arizona 15, Texas Tech at 14, uh, Notre Dame 13, East Carolina 12, Florida State 11, NC State 10, Florida 9, LSU 8, Oklahoma State 7, Stanford 6. They're looking good this year. It's, it's, it's going to be one of those Stanford years out in the Pac-12. Ole Miss 5, Mississippi State 4, Vanderbilt 3, Arkansas 2, Texas 1. The top five, two through five, all SEC. The number one team in the nation is a Big 12 school. Uh, a little bit have a short segment, but just shout out uh, D1 Baseball. Uh, getting underway today Hit up some brief blackhawks talk uh, they're pretty much done i think that's safe to assume uh, 1-0 loss in the shootout tonight against the stars they are currently sitting at a record if it gets pulled up correctly of 18 25 and 8 44 points in terms of the wild card, they're 12 out of Dallas. It's just not going to happen. So let's look trade targets. Um, just just to notice a few. I uh, haven't really looked at packages yet, and I'll dive into more of those next week. I gotta talk to my guy Frank to see what he thinks are good trade packages and what aren't before I bring them on the show, so I don't completely embarrass myself. Cause he's my hockey my hockey guy. Uh, Flower, Hagel, Hagel's a big one, and I've actually read on Twitter this past week. Um, a lot of contending teams are talking a, a mid-level prospect and a first-rounder. And my sources have told me that we might just have to take that, which stinks. I really like watching Brandon Hagel play hockey. I really hope people don't come on here and think, this guy doesn't know anything. No, I know stuff. I like watching this Hawks team. I'm just paying more attention to the Bulls right now because because they're comp- trying to compete for a championship. But I, I watch Hawks games when I can, and I know the players. I just don't know, like players from other teams and what packages would look like obviously losing flower would stink too it, it has to we have to we'll, we'll we'll take care of him if he gets dealt we'll train to a, to a spot he wants to get traded to but we're also probably looking at a, a prospect in a first rounder there as well uh kubalik strome uh i believe are both on expiring contracts so deals there would make sense and, and calvin to heading into this season there was a notion that yeah if the hawks aren't any good he'll get dealt as well so five names to look at heading into the trade deadline um I hope nobody else really goes. Kaner, Taze, Dabrinkit. They'll all probably hopefully st- stay here. Um, Seth Jones obviously isn't going anywhere either. And, you know, we got a lot of prospects. Uh, Drew Camusso, I think I'm saying it right. He's balling out for team USA right now in the Olympics. He's our top goalie prospect. So it's something a uh, bright side to look forward to in, uh, in future terms. So, and also uh, Lucas Reichel called up today and I think this will be his permanent destination. So, we're just gonna replenish, and hopefully, if we do this right, it'll be a few seasons for us for a for a Chicago hockey. And I love it when the Hawks are good, and they're fun to watch. So, fingers crossed that we make some right moves here when the deadline comes, and and we get the pieces we need to to try and build the next championship hockey team in Chicago. Lastly, Major League Baseball. Um, I will say this wasn't in my notes, but I'll add this: They did convict Eric K. in the Tyler Skaggs case, guilty of supplying him with with the drugs that took his life and just such a sad story and and i think justice was served now people make the argument oh like they'd never be doing drugs in the first place blah 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 but man that could have been stopped by the supplier just not supplying them with the drugs you know it's just one of those things it's just so sad that it has to be this way and obviously uh, he can finally rest rest you know it, it all is not all is good because he's obviously still gone and it's still very sad. But justice was served, so I'm very happy about that. Be interesting. Matt Harvey took the stand and confessed, so he's gonna probably face some drug uh, bans in the in Major League Baseball. Him, Cambadros, and C.J. Crown, Crown, are all guys who their names were brought up in the case. It'll be interesting to see how Major League Baseball deals with those guys as well uh lockout talk there was a 15 minute meeting this week between the pa and the the owners in the league so that's great that obviously means so much was accomplished Not, um yeah man very nervous I, i don't think this is gonna get started on time i'm sorry i don't think i know this isn't gonna get started on time there's officially a delay until march 5th for spring training which means games are gonna get bumped back it's just not a good thing man major league baseball figure it out get it done it's just so sad. This game's amazing. It's it's the best game in this world, and it's really just too bad that all parties included are being so selfish, and there just can't be a compromise. And I get that it's business, and I get people get what need to get what they want, and all that stuff. But let's just let's just get the game of baseball going, man. Seriously, from a from a fan, from a guy, I play the game. I've played the game my whole life. Diehard Cubs fan. I bleed Cubby blue. Let's just get this going, man. Baseball life is so much better when there's baseball going on. If we remember when COVID happened, it was right before baseball season was gonna start and there were no sports and I was like, Man, I wish there was baseball, man, I wish there was baseball. And then baseball starts in the beginning, middle of July. What am I doing? You can ask all my friends and my family. Those sixty games I watched I honestly want to say I watched forty, forty five of them, if not maybe fifty. I always made sure Oh, Cubs are playing, gotta throw it on on my phone, TV, whatever. I'm watching always made sure. So I know what life's like without baseball through COVID through 2020 for half the the entire spring and half the summer. I don't want to go through that again. So to major league baseball, please figure this out in some way, shape or form. I'm talking to the players. I'm talking to the owners. I'm talking to the league in general, please figure this out from a fan from millions of fans worldwide. Let's, let's get this thing figured out. Seriously. Life is so much better when there's baseball in it. So I wanted to close on that point, but it's a very fun show today. Uh, broke down the Super Bowl, uh, Bulls basketball, NBA All-Star weekend. So make sure Skills Challenge on tomorrow night. That's Those are always fun to watch, and the game is on Sunday night. A lot of good college basketball coming down the stretch here leading into March Madness and Conference tournaments starting in the next few weeks. Uh, D1 College Baseball, hey, man, if you're chilling, if you got a fire stick in the, the ESPN app, go try to find a college baseball game to watch. I recommend the SEC. Hockey, we talked about the Hawks' possible trade pieces, and we'll dive into more proposals in the next week. And sadly, how did the, not sadly, the justice was served in the Tyler Skaggs case, and it's just so sad that Major League Baseball now can't figure out a way to get baseball started for the year. Pitchers and catchers would have reported earlier this week, so. Nonetheless, uh, thank you all for tuning in to the show this week. It was a fun one, and I will we will hop back on the air soon. Peace.